listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. SexPharmD podcast with your host, Dr. Nadia Archambault, licensed clinical pharmacist and certified sex therapist. With a focus on women's sexual health and wellness, Dr. A is here to cover important health topics and answer all of your questions about subjects that can be applied to pharmacy practice. And now, here's Dr. A. Hello, everyone. Welcome to SexPharmD. Uh, I'm Dr. Nadia Archambault, and I'm starting this little segment called Sound Bites where I give little tidbits of information based on maybe a new drug that came out or something in the news that's health-related, sexually health-related, and uh, just want to inform you of anything going on uh, or questions that I've gotten uh, from patients or other healthcare professionals throughout the past couple of weeks. And I also just thought this would be fun as far as opening it up to new topics that are not necessarily just uh, for healthcare professionals. I want to open this up publicly. I want uh, non-healthcare professionals to be able to understand uh, what I'm talking about in these episodes also. So sometimes I'll be interviewing someone um, that might be more clinical or healthcare related, but in these sound bites, I want to keep it um, very general so that everybody can understand. And I'm also going to be posting this on my YouTube channel that Ask Dr. A. Um, that's what this background is actually here for those of you that are watching on YouTube. So I wanted to kickstart this off. Uh, Opil, just FDA, FDA approved the first over-the-counter oral contraceptive for women. Um, some of you that see OTC, that means over-the-counter. So Opil is a progesterone-only oral contraceptive. Uh, it's 0. 0.075 milligrams of oral, it's called nogestrel tablet. So there's, that means there's no estrogen in it. it it's, a, it's a synthetic version of progestin, um, which is like a progesterone, if those of you that are, are non-healthcare professionals that are wondering what that is. Um, so according to the FDA, and I even have it all pulled up here in my notes, I want to make sure I cover everything. Um, so this can be found... Supposedly, it's going to be released in 2024 is what they're saying, the beginning. Um, I'm not, we haven't gotten more details on the exact release date. They're saying it can be available everywhere, which is a little concerning because I still think that this is something that should be um, only dispensed in a pharmacy setting, uh, maybe in back of the pharmacy, like when patients have to get Sudafed, uh, because... I think it's still going to be important for people to be able to talk to healthcare professionals first to go over how to take this medication, potential side effects, if they're the right candidate for it, and not just be able to purchase it without talking to anybody um, that's in the healthcare profession or that's knowledgeable about this drug. Because like any medication, it can be dangerous. Now, I know, you know, something like Tylenol has been around for a long time and people generally know how to take it. Um, but this is something that I, I think at least in the beginning, should be held in back of the pharmacy so that way uh, patients can go and talk to their pharmacist first before getting it. So again, this this pill does not contain estrogen. Now, I know I've gotten questions where asking, you know, if they have an increased risk of 
heart issues, so cardiac effects or uh, increased risk of breast cancer if they have a history of breast cancer in their family. Um, they, they're concerned about estrogen. But I do want to point out that um, if you have a history of breast cancer or had it in the past, this is still something that you should talk to your doctor first about your OBGYN um, because they actually are saying you know to to avoid taking it if that's the case. But again, you have to talk to your doctor about that first. Um, so it's like every other oral contraceptive where it's has a high effect high effective use rate of ninety eight percent efficacy. So that means only two in one hundred women will become pregnant in a year of use with correct use. Now it's important to note that that progestin only oral contraceptives, so birth control pills like this one, it has to be taken at the same time every day. Um, there, they actually, uh, your, your OBGYN or any healthcare professional will tell you that if you've missed it within a three hour window. So if you're, if you take it at 9am and then you don't take it until every day, and then you take it at 12pm one day, you should still be using a backup method of birth control. Um, so you have, you know, it, ideally it's same time every day. Um, they'll do say you have a grace period of like one to two hours, but again, same time every day. And if it's not use a backup method for birth control, that's important for patients to understand. And I hope that they're able to read the label. Um, if they're not going to be talking to healthcare professionals, um, Another thing about this uh, medication was uh, it was actually originally approved in 1973. So it's been around for a while. However, it was not available since 2005 and the manufacturer decided to stop selling the drug. They say it's for business reasons. I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sure if any of you do know, please write into the show um, because I always get concerned with things like that, where, why was it taken off the market? Maybe it just wasn't popular, wasn't selling, but that's, that's always something that I that I'm a little cautious about. Um, an, a question uh, that's asked is uh, if your weight, if you are overweight or obese, sometimes that will reduce the effectiveness of any medication. So also oral contraceptives. That's something to keep in mind. Um, side effects that can happen are irregular vaginal bleeding, which may be spotting. Nausea, breast tenderness, headaches. These are mild and do resolve. If they do not resolve, then you should contact your doctor or if they get more severe. Um, again, it should not be used in people that have had breast cancer or a family history of breast cancer. If you are already pregnant or think you, you're, you, you may be pregnant, if you're taking it with another birth control pill now, some people might not realize they're taking the they're taking a vaginal ring, a patch, an implant, an IUD, which is um, an intrauterine device or an injection. Just because they're not physically taking the pill, that's they're still on a birth control method, so they should not be taking an oral birth control pill. This is not to be meant um, as an emergency contraceptive. Also, so it's not it's this is not the morning after pill. You do not take a pack of these. If, if as a morning after pill, there's, I've heard that myth before. Oh, just take the, the whole pack of your birth control pills and that will serve as the morning after pill. The morning after pill is very easily accessible. Um, it's sold right at the pharmacy. So if that's the case, please get that and don't 
don't do other things that based on what other people are telling you. Um, there are actually some drug interactions that can occur. Um, it, for anyone that's taking a lot, a lot of seizure medications, um, HIV uh, medications, AIDS medications, um, also some people that have pulmonary hypertension. Um, so that is a, a red flag also. You should talk to your doctor before taking uh, this medication. I, I advise anybody and everybody that wants to take this over-the-counter pill, birth control pill, to still go to, to the pharmacy, go through the medications that you're on at the pharmacy if you get them filled there, just to make sure they don't see any potential drug interactions in there. Um, and some with some of these drugs, there might be an interaction. It may make it less effective. Um, so just want to you know inform everyone of that. Also, there's a supplement some people take for St. It's called St. John's Wort. That actually has a lot of drug interactions uh, with a lot of medications. So I usually, if you're taking herbal supplements, you should also err on the side of caution and uh, check with your healthcare professional also on that. Um, and there are other, some other, um, concerns also, you know, if you're not sure, uh, you know, if you haven't been to an OBGYN for a while, uh, then you should go to your OBGYN. I know that some pharmacists that I've been talking to are concerned that, people, that woman that can now go to get this over-the-counter birth control pill um, are not going to be making their yearly OBGYN appointments. And you absolutely should still be doing that. Even And, and, for, and for young women, maybe who've never been to the OBGYN, you really need to go to an OBGYN appoint, appointment and talk to your, your doctor about this oral birth control method. Um, and please keep your yearly appointments. That's very, very important to go for an annual exam every year. So those are the biggest concerns um, that I've seen. Um, I'm not sure if it's only going to be available in the pharmacy. It's looking like it might be available in convenience stores also, which is concerning. Um, but I wanted to review that with everybody. And please, please write in if you have any other questions, concerns, things you'd like to add regarding OPIL, which is the brand name for this medication. Also in news, some of you may have seen Ozempic for weight loss. This is a big hot topic right now. A lot of celebrities are on it. Everyone's losing all this weight, shedding all these pounds. It's supposed to be this amazing, amazing um, medication for that. Um, but I do want to discuss uh, the dangers of this medication, if not taken for the right reasons. Um, now, again, the FDA did not approve it for, for actually for weight loss. This is, um, it's called off-label use um, for people who do not have type 2 diabetes. So, um, so, you know, as far as you've seen all these people taking it, some doctors are prescribing it. Um, weight loss clinics are doing it. I know in South Florida, it's going like crazy down there. And unfortunately, there actually was a shortage of Ozempic for people with type 2 diabetes that need it. So that was very concerning also. So just some little, little facts about Ozempic. It's called a semaglutide um, receptor agonist, okay? So there, you have these receptors in the body um, that are called GLP-1 receptors. Um, and this actually enhances the effects of the naturally occurring GLP-1 receptor. 
Um, and essentially what that does is releases, it reduces the release of glucagon, which is the hormone in the body that increases blood glucose. So it increases blood sugar. So it helps to control blood sugar. So when you take it, your blood sugar will go down. So a couple, couple things you want to be careful of if, you, if you're taking Ozempic. Now, this is um, a weekly administered injection that people, it's called, it's subcutaneous. So it means like in the skin, some people inject it in the stomach areas. Um, it's not intramuscular. Um, so you want to make sure that you don't get, your blood sugar doesn't get too low. That can be dangerous for people. That's called hypoglycemia. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's the big concern. Um, anyone that has pancreas issues, um, you want to be mindful of that. Um, it can cause um, pancreatitis, which is uh, inflammation of the pancreas. So that's one that you want to make sure that you're keeping in mind. Any type of vision changes uh, can occur. That's usually a result of low blood sugar also. Um, if you have any kidney problems, gallbladder issues, any digestive type issues, thyroid, these are all things you want to make sure that you're checking with your doctor about because that can have an effect on, on if you're taking it and on your body. Now, we don't really know the long-term side effects for non-diabetic patients that are taking Ozempic for weight loss. Ozempic has been out for a while for diabetics, but but we don't know the long-term effects of it for non-diabetic patients because it has not been studied for those patients. So that is something to think about um, if you are taking it or thinking about taking it. Um, it may also cause intestinal pain, um, intestinal obstruction. So if you have any type of um, intestinal issues, irritable bowel, um, anything like that, you want to make sure that you consult with your doctor first before taking this. And, and again, it's tough because we still don't know a lot about this medication for, you know, for weight loss. Um, it has, it has been shown to certainly, uh, decrease weight in people. So, and it does this also. Um, so again, that GLP one receptor, so that affects the hunger center, the hunger center in your brain. And that's called the hypothalamus it's called, and that reduces hunger, appetite, and cravings. So people tend to not get as hungry when they're taking Ozempic. It also slows the rate of stomach emptying, um, which, which kind of tricks your body into thinking that you're full. So you're not going to want to eat or snack more. Um, so, so that actually in itself will cause the weight loss because you're not eating as much. Um, so, you know, if you have any other type of, of issue with, with stomach, that's why that's, that's important because it slows the rate of stomach emptying. And that's why sometimes it can cause um, obstruction or bowel obstruction. So those are just some types of, of things to, to be cautious about. I have been seeing this thing where people are saying there's people have ozempic face or ozempic butt. Um, I'm not really sure yet if that's directly related to that, or that's where some people are noted. Maybe some people lose weight in the face more so. So, you know, they're, they're, they have more baggy skin in the face if it's a drastic weight loss. I'm not really sure. This, these are just phrases that I feel like are, are, are buzzing around, especially with celebrities and things like that. So I just wanted to, to talk about that as well. So Opil and Ozempic. Um, if you have any questions about that, please write into the show, email me. 
Um, you can check me out on Sex Farm D podcast with Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm a, I have a Sex Farm D uh, Instagram account and uh, website drnadia.org. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be including more information um, as we go along with these soundbite episodes. Depending on what's what's a hot topic, what's coming up in the news or, or things that I get a lot of questions about. Hope you all have a great rest of your week and hope to talk to you all soon and tune in for more episodes. Bye.